Welcome to the Radio Bible Course and our study of Paul's epistle to the Galatians. Paul so desperately wants to convince the Galatian Christians that they ought not to live by the law of Moses that he introduces in the text here of chapter 4 an allegory. And it starts out with a powerful question. Tell me, you who desire to be under law, do you not hear the law? This is verse 21 of Galatians chapter 4. I want to read the allegory again. Listen to it. Tell me, you who desire to be under law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, the son of the free woman through promise. Now this is an allegory. These women are two covenants, or represent two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, that's the law covenant, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. Now let's pause there. Paul asks a very appropriate question, for most of those desiring the law do not realize how it is a form of bondage. And Sunday school teachers and preachers today who are teaching the Ten Commandments to children and people do not realize what they are doing. They are introducing those people to a system of bondage. That's what Paul expresses here. The false teachers of the Galatians did not inform them of how the law would condemn them. It does. It demands and it condemns for each failure and it maintains a man in slavery. Now here's the story. First of all, the story is taken from Genesis chapter 16 and chapter 21 and the story points out that Abraham had two kinds of sons. One was, first of all, the firstborn son, was through Hagar. She was a slave girl from Egypt. She was the servant girl of his wife, Sarah. And the cause of birth was the flesh for that son. It came about by human effort, and the child that was born was Ishmael. Ishmael is the father of the Arabs. On the other hand, there is the true wife. She's free. She was not a slave girl. And she gave birth to a son, and the cause of that birth was the promise of God. He said he would do it, and there was nothing that Abraham or Sarah could do about it. They were too old. How did it come about, this birth? Through faith, Abraham believed God. And who was born? Isaac, the firstborn through Sarah, the one to whom the promises were made. Now, the idea here is that God wanted to fulfill the promise alone, not with man's help. Now, in verse 24, Paul says, now this is an allegory. And that's really a transliteration of the Greek word, allegoreo. What is an allegory? 
It's a complicated story with an underlying meaning different from the surface meaning. Now, let's compare that with a parable. A parable is a short story of everyday life used to teach a lesson. And how about a fable? A fable uses animals or inanimate objects that talk and act to teach a common-sense lesson. Now, here's the allegory. It consists of two covenants. Paul tells us that these two women, Hagar and Sarah, represent two covenants. Now, there are more than two covenants in the Bible, but it's clear from the context which two he is talking about. A covenant of law made at Mount Sinai, and he even mentions Mount Sinai, so no one can misunderstand that. The other covenant is the Abrahamic covenant. It's the promise that God made to Abraham that he would have many descendants like the stars of heaven. And this one is equal to the new covenant because it also is a covenant of promise that is not obligatory upon those who receive the blessing. It is an unconditional covenant. God promises what he will do not based upon what man will do. Now, the covenant through Hagar, the Mount Sinai covenant, Paul tells us, results in slave children, and it is represented by Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? How is that represented by the slave girl? Well, we might get confused here because we see that the slave girl brought forth the father of the Arabs, and certainly Jerusalem is not the city of the Arabs, it's the city of the Jews. What he means here is that Jerusalem is in bondage. They are like slaves. Jerusalem is the headquarters of Judaism, and Judaism is based on laws and rules. It is a merit system, and people under it live in bondage. They function according to the flesh. And the result of this is that the slave woman and her son are cast out. That takes us to verse 29, which says, But as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave and her son. For the son of the slave shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. Now the covenant of the free woman resulted in the birth of Isaac. He was a child of promise. And he said, this is represented by a Jerusalem, but not a Jerusalem on earth, which is the center of Judaism. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. Think of it as heaven. Now, Ishmael, it tells us, was a child of the flesh. But how about Isaac? He was a child of the Spirit. We find that in verse 29. Who was born according to the Spirit. That's the comparison. One was born by the flesh, one was born by the Spirit, and the result is that the one who is born of the Spirit is the heir. Now, this is important because Paul is trying to demonstrate 
that those who are children of God by faith are heirs of Abraham and spiritual children of Abraham. All this is designed to teach that by going under the law, you are depriving yourself of heirship. You are treating yourself as though you are a slave. You're identifying with Hagar and with Ishmael, her slave son, and nothing was promised to them. There was no eternal promise to them. Oh, there was some blessing on this earth, yes. But the eternal promises were made to Abraham and to his descendants, not to Ishmael. So Paul, by this allegory, is attempting to demonstrate that if men want to be heirs of God and heirs of Abraham, then they need to stay free of that law, which is a form of bondage. That's what the allegory teaches. Hagar, that Egyptian slave girl, can bear only slave children. And this is the law of slavery. She represents Mount Sinai. That's where the law originated. And she characterizes human effort. Hagar represents Jerusalem, the center of Judaism and the headquarters of the false teachers who are living under law and who are influencing the Galatians. They also are in bondage. But there's another Jerusalem. He writes in verse 26, But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. Notice he did not say Jerusalem above will be free, but rather is free for it exists now in heaven. It is the gathering city for believers of all ages, not merely a place for the deceased. Abraham looked forward to the city, the Bible tells us, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. When the Hebrew believers were being lured back into Judaism, the writer of that epistle reminded them of this. Chapter 12 of Hebrews. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire, and darkness, and gloom, and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant. Now in Galatians 4.26, notice the phrase, She is our mother. The heavenly city of Jerusalem is represented by Sarah. She's the one who brought us new life through faith. It was grace that conceived us, not human effort. John wrote about children of God who were born, listen to what he said in John 1.13, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. Well, that pretty well describes how Ishmael came, but that's not the end of the verse. Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You can't be a Christian unless you're born of God. You can't be an heir of God and a descendant of Abraham to get in on his blessings unless you are born of God. And that's a spiritual birth, not physical. Now the question is, whose child are you? Listen to what Paul writes in verse 28. Now we, brethren, that is, we who believed in Jesus Christ, like Isaac, are children of promise. 
If you aren't a child of promise, then you're not a child of God, because that's the only way you can become a child of God, by believing a promise. Now, do you know at least one promise from God on which you are depending? I hope so. If not, go to John chapter 3 or Romans chapter 3 or Romans chapter 4. Now we move on to verse 29. Paul writes, But as at that time, referring to the time of Isaac and Ishmael, who was born according to the flesh, persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so it is now. That is, Jews today are persecuting God's free people who believe in Christ, just like Ishmael was persecuting or teasing Isaac, who is the child of promise. Now, Paul gives us a summary statement, verses 30 and 31. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave and her son. For the son of the slave shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. That means people of the law do not get the benefits that the heirs get. They are slaves and the heirs are free people. In verse 31, So, brethren, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. Now this is the theme of Paul's epistle. We are free. Christ died to set us free. Stay free. Don't let anyone put you under bondage. On our Friday program, we're going to deal with a very important question. Can a Christian fall from grace? What does it mean to fall from grace? Well, I hope you'll call your friends and invite them to listen to our Friday broadcast about Galatians chapter 5. I also invite you to read Galatians chapter 5 before Friday. We'll be dealing with some difficult questions, and I want to be sure that you listen. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.